Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And for the last two episodes, we've been talking about the number one enemy of mankind, sin. And we have learned that it is a violation of God's law, either by neglect or transgression, and that it arises out of the lust of man. It is lawlessness, unrighteousness, whatever is not of faith, and knowing to do good and failing to do it. We have examined certain of its characteristics and found that sin is universal, secretive, deceptive, pleasurable to a certain extent, that it produces nothing of lasting value and is contagious and infectious. We talked about why men sin in an effort to help us to be better equipped to fight it. But there's another aspect of sin that we haven't addressed yet. Sin, my friends, has terrible and fearful consequences that are all too often ignored and are rarely discussed in today's society. These consequences affect practically every phase of a person's life, with the most fearful aspect of sin being that it affects the sinner's relationship with God. We all need to understand how our happiness in this life is brought about, as well as our well-being in eternity, and it is related directly to how we each handle the matter of sin. Let's talk about some of the consequences of the very first sin. In Genesis chapter 3, we'll read practically the entire tragic account, beginning with verse 1, we'll read through verse 19. The passage says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it, or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? 
The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust will you eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. And you will eat the plants of the field, by the sweat of your face you will eat bread, till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, spiritual death was the result, just as they had been warned. Death is a separation. Spiritual death is a separation from God. Understand this now. Sin and iniquities, acts of lawlessness, separate the sinner from their creator. Yet another consequence of their sins was that Adam and Eve were separated from the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. Mortality then began to reign as a consequence for, as Paul tells us in Romans 5 and verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. Because of sin, death spiritually and physically are the common experience of all men. Still another consequence of that first sin was increased laboring order in order to eat. To make this even more difficult, the soil would yield less and the worker of it would be plagued with thorns and thistles. By the sweat of his brow, man is to eat and provide for his necessities. Although labor was required before sin to dress and keep the Garden of Eden, the burden of labor increased as a result of the first sin. It is clear that yet another consequence was that in childbirth, the pain was increased. Friends, just think about it. Cause and effect in our world is well known to each of us. Sin is an act as, which has consequences both in this life and in the one to come. We need to be aware of some of these fearful consequences. There are some consequences of sin in this life that we will all need to think about. If you're not a Christian right now, these are things you need to stop and give serious consideration to right now. Consider, first of all, the consequence of an offended or violated conscience. Every violation of God's law brings a sense of guilt to those who have sensitive consciences. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 that a person's conscience will either excuse them or accuse them, depending on what the person believes and what the person does. He wrote, For when the Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are law to themselves, 
in that they show the work of the Lord written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. My friends, a guilty conscience hurts. I believe that is what Solomon was talking about in Proverbs 18 and verse 14 when he wrote, The spirit of a man can endure his sickness, but as for a broken spirit, who can bear it? Psychologists and psychiatrists can attest to the power of a guilty conscience. Sometimes folks try to deal with a guilty conscience by trying to do away with the idea of sin altogether. The idea is that if there is no sin, then there can't be any guilt. Well, to pretend that something does that exists does not exist is not a solution. It is like children playing make-believe, and there's nothing make-believe about sin. A person could get to the point where they have offended their conscience so often and so completely that their conscience becomes seared and they no longer feel the guilt. But that does not mean that the fact of their guilt has changed at all. A conscience that has been offended to the point that it becomes insensitive is not a solution. It is a tragedy. Guilt is there to tell us that we have done something wrong and that we need to make it right. In this life, we also experience another consequence of sin, spiritual death. Ezekiel pointed out in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 20, the soul that sins, it will die. That is spiritual death. It is separation from God. The son does not bear the iniquity of the father and the father does not bear the iniquity of the son. Each is responsible for his own sin and when he does sin, he suffers the personal spiritual death that comes with it. Isaiah put it so clearly in Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. He wrote, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Do you remember the people in Acts chapter 2? Those Jews out of every nation under heaven who had gathered in the city of Jerusalem and were listening to the preaching of Peter and the rest of the apostles, they were convicted of their guilt and they wanted to know what to do in order to come back into a proper relationship with God. Brethren, what shall we do? Is what they cried out. My friends, sin can separate from God and that is an awful state to be in. The truth of the matter is that human misery, unhappiness, tension, anxiety, fear, and turmoil can be traced to sin, to disobedience to our God. Our spiritual well-being is tied directly to the relationship we have with our Creator. We were made in God's image. That is what sets us apart from the animals, and we were made to be in communion and fellowship with Him. Consider Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, and see how God designed it to work. Paul wrote there, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is made possible through communion with God. Sin severs that communion. When you think about it, even earthly friendships and associations are often broken because of sin. When one person sins against another, oftentimes that friendship ends. 
Even within the Lord's church, when one brother sins against another, a chain reaction can set in which would result in the withdrawing of fellowship by faithful members if the one refuses to repent. This is, of course, done with the desire that the brother or sister who refuse to repent will be ashamed and make the necessary corrections. But so many times the disruption and breaking of ties with friends, brethren, even relatives, is the result of sin. Still another earthly consequence of sin is that we often see the hardening of the heart. Some go so far into sin that they become hardened to the truth. Paul spoke of those in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 18, who, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. If we continue on just one more verse we would find in day, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. In other words, they become past feeling because of continued sin. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13 tells us, but encourage one another by the day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin offers what it truly cannot deliver. Yet so many believe in sin's false promises that they become hardened to what is really true. All of these consequences of sin in this life are fearful for the thinking man to contemplate. However, they cannot be compared in fearfulness with the consequences of the world to come. Eternal separation from God and the glory of his might will be terrible beyond description, beyond imagination. But such is the end of those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6-9, through 9, Paul wrote the following, For after all it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to give relief to you who are afflicted, and to us as well, when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Understand once again, my friends, that the wages of sin is death, separation from God. The judgment scene presented by the Lord in Matthew chapter 25 verses 41 through 46 shows the wicked being told to depart. Let's look at that frightening scene. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. What a destiny to have awaiting you. 
eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. It is described elsewhere as outer darkness and a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Eternal damnation in hell will be the lot of the unrepentant sinner. I know that it is not popular and I know that many will deny it, but it is what God's word says. This is the lake of fire of Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15. This is where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched from Mark chapter 9 verses 44 through 49. I can't think of an experience in life that would be worse or any experience in life that could be worth it. Can you? With consequences such as these, both in this life and in that which is to come, why have anything to do with sin at all? I hope that you'll give careful consideration to these words that we've talked about today and give serious study to the consequences of sin. Make the necessary corrections in your life. Thanks for listening.